Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Please make sure your seatbelt is securely fastened, your tray table is in an upright and locked position, and that you are ready to get weird and think different. Please prepare for takeoff. Wednesday, March 11th, and we are back with another episode of Destination Different. There were a lot of complaints last week. First week in probably 20 weeks, 21 weeks, that we haven't had a new episode of Destination Different, and people were up in arms. I'm getting texts, I'm getting DMs, I'm getting emails saying, hey, Where's my episode? Where's my podcast? I need my content. Dance, monkey, dance. That's what they're saying. I'm sorry. I didn't have a guest lined up. Run into a few scheduling conflicts. Trying to trying to make some things happen, but it just didn't it didn't work out last week. All we can do is press forward and move on with what I think is going to be a fantastic episode this week. So on, on this episode, Destination Different, we have Nick Chekovich. Chekovich, Chekovich, who goes by uh, Cheko Wave is his artist's name. Um, and so he is a musician, a producer, a songwriter, and has been in the music industry for the last, really, five or six years now. Um, and has seen some, some success so far and is, is just continuing to kind of trend upwards with his, uh, with his music. And he has a big project coming up that we, we talk a little bit about during the episode Nick, you know, started kind of as a self-taught musician in in high school and through college, um, and really fell in love with songwriting and has continued. He says, you know, he's like, I basically write what is amounts to about a song a day, which is mind blowing to me. But uh, it was super interesting to talk to him and and hear his story of kind of how he evolved from teaching himself the guitar in his childhood home to now um, showing up in recording studios and going on tour with. Chance the Rapper and uh, running across Paul McCartney in a recording studio. I mean, he had some unbelievable stories to tell, and I think this is a, a really interesting episode and a deep dive into the music industry, which was a place that I knew absolutely nothing about. So it was quite the education that I got from Nick. Uh, a great episode, really, really interesting guy, um, super knowledgeable, incredibly smart. Like He just very casually dropped at the end of the episode that he's got this amazing side hustle clothing business going and well worth the listen so i'll shut up now uh on this episode of destination different we have checo the artist the musician the songwriter hope you enjoy oh and i forgot to mention this is the guy who does the music for destination different he does the music for the show so let's cue it up this is Checo's music. Cue the intro. And I had a dream. But I go by uh, Checo. That was my nickname growing up, which kind of became my artist name down the line. Um, I'm a recording artist primarily. That's my, been my focus the past like six years or so. And, uh, you know, I've been in and out of the industry 
building a kind of a network of people and, and recording the whole time and developing my artistry along the way. And, and uh, yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but it's, it's a very dynamic industry and, and it's been an interesting journey to this point. So uh, yeah, that's kind of who I am. <laughs> okay. All right. And how did you sort of get started in the, in the music world? Were you always musical growing up? Did you, you know, take guitar lessons, yeah. things like that? Like, how'd you get into it? It's funny because growing up, like my main focus in life was basketball and I ended up playing in college, but I uh, picked up guitar like 15. I got obsessed with guitar and songwriting early on. And, and like my favorite artist was like Jack Johnson, you know, mm-hmm. we growing up on the coast up here in New Hampshire, the summertime, that kind of vibe was always a thing. And, and uh, that kind of just slowly grew. It was more of just a hobby and an interest at first. And once I got to college, I ended up going to Fordham University in New York to play basketball and uh that first season my college basketball was like a shit show and coach got fired as a disaster so i decided to stop playing basketball and just hang out and at fordham and stay there and mm-hmm. just do other things and from there i kind of really started uh diving deeper into music and, and it just kind of the way i explained to people it's like been this growing gravity you know each yeah. year it feels like it gets stronger and stronger i get more into it more into it it's something that just hasn't been able to go away so eventually i kind of decided that I wanted to pursue it more professionally. So after college, that kind of became the focus and trying to figure that out. Okay. And when you, when you were growing up, like, were you taking lessons or did you literally just pick up the guitar and you were like, I have a, a knack for this? Yeah, it, I, I taught myself, okay. um, you know, I had, I had a lot of friends who played or were much better than me, but I just kind of, I was always more interested in songwriting itself as opposed to being like a great guitarist mm-hmm. and the guitar was just a way to, a tool to kind of write songs and yeah i mean it's not uncommon to like learn guitar tabs and and figure out yourself online and mm-hmm. and i guess like you know in high school youtube kind of came out too so a lot of that online presence of learning things was happening too so it just got easier and easier but yeah i was all, all self-taught for the most part and it kind of grew into other things and i dove into production late in college and after college and and uh guitar just always been like the foundation of my songwriting Gotcha. And so this, the sound writing piece, like, do you, do you remember the, like, how old were you in the first, first song you wrote? Do you specifically remember that one? Uh, I, I don't remember exactly. I just remember when I first picked up a guitar, like I was trying to write songs and they were terrible and I was terrible and my voice was terrible, but <laughs> for some reason I was just super drawn to it. And mm-hmm. uh, so I kind of persevered, <laughs> persevered through it because I liked it so much, but yeah, it was uh, even before I could really play chords, I was trying to write melodies and, lyrics trying to make sense of it just because for whatever reason i like that a lot so yeah yeah i couldn't pinpoint an exact moment or song but it was definitely the minute guitar was in my hand it was, i was trying my best to write songs without having any skill and what is i mean i'm i'm curious because i we have had a lot of people on the show who are like very self-taught have kind of figured out their own way but how do you teach yourself to to write songs i would have no like what does your process look like i would have no idea really even where to where to start yeah songwriting is funny because like it's different for everyone and Mm -hmm. the more you're in a studio with different artists you watch and learn from different artists how they kind of go about it their creative process but um i generally explain to people like it's a sport like the same way you go to the the gym and get shots up and do dribbling drills or like Mm -hmm. that it's really like that you just write a whole bunch and you deconstruct songs that you like and, and see how artists you like wrote the song and over time, you eventually kind of find your own style of writing. And, uh, but it's really just writing nonstop. I, I like it so much that I pretty much write songs every day. Yeah. And, uh, 
you just kind of get better at it without realizing it. Um, but for me, like I like to focus on melody. So a lot of my songwriting will be, I'll put down like melodies before I even write lyrics, just cause like I like the way it sounds and maybe I'll go back and fill in mm-hmm. lyrics from there. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have a standard way of writing. It kind of changes every time because once I shifted to producing more, um, it became a whole different world of writing because before it was writing with a guitar in my hand and, and now it's, it's, it'll be writing with like hearing a song or building a song from scratch, you know, on a computer and producing yeah. with instruments around you aside from just a guitar. Um, but yeah, the writing process is, I mean, that's what's fun. It's just like always kind of a, a new thing and you kind of get lost in it. So exp- explain it for, I, for the production part of things. Like, is that, as you just said, like literally creating songs from scratch of your, like laying a, a foundation of a beat, you're setting up like what the melody is. Like, is that what the production side of it is, is that you've now gotten more into? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really crazy what it's gotten to because of technology computers, you know, mm-hmm. you can make, you'd be amazed at how many like hits you've heard that are probably made on someone's laptop um, really? in a matter of like hours um, just because it's gotten so seamless to put songs together and make it sound good. But yeah, it's really just, you kind of have these different uh, programs or that you like uh popular ones like ableton or logic or pro tools is a more industry standard one but like it's where you kind of put the sounds together with synths uh samples drum sounds whatever you name it and especially because of the internet now people have access you know instantly at their fingertips to just mm-hmm. put sounds together so so it's great for you know getting ideas started you can move really quickly for the creative process but it's really just you're yeah you're just laying a foundation down and trying to put chord progressions together and ideas together and it's it's different for everyone again but that's really what it is internally with computers now and people move quick and yeah like like the some of like like the biggest song in the world old town road that song was you know just a basic kind of uh sample from tool that some kid pulled up and, and made a like a trap beat around and i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he made it like in an hour or so <laughs> and that became the biggest song in the world um so it's it's crazy how it's has become so efficient with technology and computers. Yeah. And so are you, are you, uh, are you always producing songs specifically for yourself or do, will you help like other artists create songs or produce songs as well? Um, I've, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of that, but I've in the past like two years, I've stepped a little bit more back from production. I've met a lot of really, really talented producers and people I like to work with who are just way better than me. Um, yeah. The producing side just, it kind of helped me and, you know, learn my way around the studio. So when I'm in studio with people, I can kind of communicate what I'm trying to do or accomplish. Um, so it's sort of like a language in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, uh, I just prefer to write, you know, writing, writing lyrics and writing songs from that standpoint is really, again, where my, my bread and butter is and what I like to focus on. So as much as I love producing, um, I prefer working with people in that, in that kind of context, because there are way better producers than me out there and yeah. uh, a few people that I've worked with consistently. Um, so I'd rather, I would prefer them do a lot of the, the legwork in that because they just, they're just more efficient and better than me and, and I could focus on the writing. But uh, there are, you know, with producing, it's like, it's really just about trying to get whatever's in your head sonically out in some capacity. So. Yeah. And like, do you have, do you have like a preferred producer? Do you work with the same guy or girl every single time or is it kind of rotate depending on like what you're trying to accomplish? Um, it, there's a few people that I've kind of developed pretty good relationships with um, in the studio. 
one of my buddies, Chris Kern, he has a house down in Connecticut and a studio down there. And he's, he's like more on like the EDM pop side of things, but he's yep. just so, so damn talented in terms of production. And he moves so quickly. And I really like to move fast when I, when I can get studio to get things done. Um, just cause like, you know, times of the essence and you try to move as efficiently as possible. So I'll bring songs to him and we'll work and we'll, we'll develop songs together, but he just kind of, because he knows the the program so well and, and he has such a good ear for, for, uh, you know, producing and, and making things sound great. So when we worked together for a while now, um, but when I was in New York, I met a lot of cool people too. Like I was working with for a while, this dude, Franz Marnik, who uh, produces with, within for ASAP Rocky and a lot of those guys oh, and wow. he's actually out in LA now, but um, like that brought a whole new vibe to it. And like you work with someone like that and it just changes your style and, and you kind of look at things differently, which is cool, but he's really talented. I love working with him. Um, and my other buddy, Gabe Monroe, who's in Brooklyn, basically of Brooklyn. And he came up with these dudes um, called Brass Tracks and Brass Tracks is a co-production group who, uh, I don't if, I don't know if he was a Chance the Rapper, but Chance the Rapper had this song called No Problem. Yep. Um, uh, two years, three years ago, it was the biggest songs, and the Brass Tracks, who was the one to produce that song. Okay. So Gabe's like from that world, like hip-hop, and has like a jazz background, and really dynamic background, but primarily hip-hop for the most part. And he works with a lot of other, a lot of other cool artists in New York. Um, and each of those guys I've worked with separately, and, yep. and kind of felt out my own vibe with them. But really the root of it is like, I bring my songs to them, and try and find something unique but yeah those are the three guys i've worked with the most and yep. i enjoy working with most consistently and so when you, when you're like you know these are pretty big names that these guys are, are working with at times you ever like find yourself in the studio with uh you know crossing paths with like big time artists there when i was working with franz I was like i never met asap rocky but the asap mob has like 20 dudes in it and they're yep. all from new york so they would they would be in and out of the studio randomly. So I'd see those guys. Uh, and the studio Franz was working out of, was in the basement of the studio called Flux Studios in the East Village. And there aren't many studios left in New York because it got so expensive. So like Flux became one of the main ones. So I'd walk in and out and like, you'd see uh, like Andre 2000 in the elevator. And I'd just kind of like be walking by and be like, is that Andre 2000? Yeah. So <laughs> it's like crazy, crazy things like that. And, and uh, like Paul McCartney was there one day too. Um, just, just think, cause it's, this studio is like this beat up building in the East village. And it's like, you kind of not, wouldn't expect it. And uh, this is the doors all spray painted and you walk in and to see those guys in, on the elevators, pretty wow. trippy, but um, yeah. At 20, so right out of college, in 2014, like when I was still unsure about pursuing it all, I had, uh, in the spring of 2014, I worked on a national college tour as a mm -hmm. kind of like hanging out the store that was headlined by a DJ group called Cruella, these two girls. Okay. And then the supporting act was Logic and Logic is now, you know, wow. one of the biggest artists in the world. And at the time he was opening for these girls, which is funny, but so I was around him for a month and his team for a month on the road. And he, he's a really, really nice guy. And, yeah, are you still like, uh, you still really in touch hard. with him? You still boys with him? I haven't been in touch with those guys forever. Yeah. I actually, a while ago, I had a, I made a song with one of his guys. He had this thing, this group called, he called himself like the Rat Pack, him and, him and his friends. Yeah. And um, one of his buddies, Castro, was part of that group. Like from, they're from Maryland, the Maryland area. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Castro and I actually put out a song together after that tour. It's pretty funny, but like, I don't think Castro and Logic had their own problems. So I don't think they're friends anymore. Gotcha. Um, but 
yeah logic just like after that like logic just got so much bigger mm-hmm. um i mean the music industry is pretty small generally speaking the more you hang out in it like the more you just cross the paths of people and meet people um and, tw- and like in the fall of 2014 uh the same tour but now it was chance to rapper so that's how i kind of met those guys mm-hmm. and um and this is still like right before chance really got got huge so for a full month uh i was kind of, it was cool to see chance like sit backstage side stage and watch his show he puts on one of the best shows and travels yeah. with a full band and it's really really entertaining and so watching like those two artists you know right before they had huge success and seeing how they operated was 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 pretty awesome because you get to see two very successful artists before yeah. they blew up and um i to think who else that summer oh yeah so I don't know how many people know he's he's definitely big, but he's not as mainstream. Um, this dude, John Bellion, is his name. He's oh from yeah, Long yeah. Island. He's like a really talented producer, pop more in the pop world for sure. Yeah. Um, he's managed by the same manager as Logic, so it's called the Visionary Music Group. Chris Deru is a manager, um, and so like that whole team, they all you know. I kind of ended up crossing paths with him in the summer. I like uh, through Castro, like got invited to one of the studio sessions one night at jungle city in mm-hmm. new york and it was again jungle so jungle city is like the premier studio in manhattan and this yeah. is, again before i really know what's going on in the industry i'm still learning so i walk in and because uh, you're like what at this point academy. you're like 22 or something uh what am i no i'm i'm 2014 because for basketball i did a post-grad year so i okay. did one more year for so i was like late to graduate so 2014 i'm i'm 24 okay um so like i'm late to everything yeah <laughs> just still trying to figure it out but it's still it's still interesting um because you walk in and you know jungle city has like louis vuitton leather walls it's, <laughs> it's like where magna carta magna carta was recorded there like oh every big artist records there yeah so it was a trippy experience with that too because like, you're just being exposed to all these you know high level artists in the industry well i'm still not even sure if i'm pursuing this and um so 2014 was really really cool year for like meeting people and being exposed to that kind of stuff and like the industry at a deeper level and being around a lot of successful artists. Um, just I mean, was there any like level sure. of like, is there any level of like nerves when you're, you're coming across these like big name producers and artists like recording in these massive uh, studios? It's always interesting when you are entering a studio that you don't know. Cause like a studio is like a safe space, like a spiritual space for people. And mm-hmm. like, I don't usually like, like people in the studio when I'm recording. Um, so if I don't know that person, it's kind of like you're walking on eggshells a little bit, but not like, uh, it's usually really cool. Um, for the most part, any like sessions I've been in there, like rappers, it's people are just vibing out, smoking weed, hanging out. Um, so it's, it's really just like, as long as you're chill and not kind of being an idiot, it's usually not a problem. I've never, I've never felt, you know, out of place, right. but like walking by Paul McCartney was trippy for sure. I like, was like, I was like, wait, what? in honor 2002 like seeing those people like just casually walking by on this is uh definitely you're like, like sharing you're, sharing the same space with them yeah and you're unsure if you i'm like did i really just see that person um, yeah but yeah i, I mean I, being around chance was crazy too because chance like carries such a big presence he's just so energetic and, and like just constantly mm-hmm. like his personality is performing so you know after the shows he'd be in between the tour buses circle like a huge circle around him and he's still performing for people like dancing and all it's just like such a talented dude and, and yeah. so really really cool to see that stuff and so that's kind of like you're like wow this dude just has such a high energy and high like 
I don't know, just, he just loves performing. It's just yeah. who he is. So his personality just kind of is what it is. And that's why he's so good at what he does. One, um, one of my, uh, one of my, one of my good friends uh, ended up actually like, I think dropping out of college for a little while. Cause she was throwing like parties in Chicago and she ended up getting linked up with chance. Like she like did his like 18th birthday or something like that. And <laughs> it was like a big, you know, big success. And then he blew up like not long after. So she just like rode the wave and was like throwing these like tour parties in Chicago for him. That's awesome. She's like, it was an, um, I think she dropped out of school for like two years and like ended up going back later on, but it was like such an experience where she was just like kind of, riding that like high of of his success yeah he was really he had like two or three years where he was really really popping out so that's cool yeah she was probably in the mix of all that yeah yeah that's always fun and especially in chicago where he's from yeah is there anyone in particular i always ask people on the show like what would be your dream partnership or dream project or anything like that like is there a artist or a producer or somebody who you think is like okay if i could do a song with anybody this would be the person do you have somebody in mind like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the easy answer for a lot of people is like, you make a song with Drake and it, it's a hit. Right. <laughs> it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. He's so good at what he does. Uh, but it, like me personally, I don't know. It's such a tough answer. I, I like so many different types of music and so many different artists across genres. Um, and we also live in a world where like genres don't exist anymore. So it's just like, just music out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you, even like, dis- do really you even like like define your style anymore? I mean, I feel like I would generalize it as pop for sure. It's just the easiest way. It's like a cop out. Yeah, I make pop music, um, and I feel like some people take that the wrong way. Pop just means it's like supposed to be popular, I guess. I don't know, but um, like the Beatles were pop, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really try to define it too much. I just put it out, and it is what it is. But um especially nowadays like i don't i don't really think about it i just try to make music i want to hear and like i want to listen to at any given moment i like that um but yeah in terms of in terms of like an artist i don't know it's it's yeah i i, I don't know if i can answer it because there's just too many people i'd probably say someone in like 10 minutes later like oh but this this person this person i like rappers i like working with hip-hop artists because i feel like hip-hop is dominating right now in terms of sound just because like they put out so much music and they don't mm-hmm. really cater to the typical rules which is cool yeah i like that and and it seems like you've kind of had a mix of even like songs that you've released i mean i don't know if we want to go back a little bit but like you've got a couple songs that are, have been done fairly well on on spotify and kind of popped that are are certainly not acoustic and kind of have some unique sounds to them um like how did how did that go when you first started to see some like success in terms of the numbers of plays on Spotify or like people actually like picking the songs getting picked up in blogs. Like how did that, um, I guess start it's, to happen for it's you? Cool. It's cool. I, I think the first time I saw it was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, like my senior year, like there was this huge gap before, like between Napster and, and like streaming where like, it was kind of just a no man's land. Right. And that's when like artists, like, you know, the weekend and Drake started blowing up Frank ocean, all these like, huge artists from like 2008 to 2013. Mm-hmm. really kind of came to the scene and it all happened just like via blogs and just on the internet in a weird way. Um, yeah. and my, and there was like a, a huge, huge like blog scene where like, you know, Sammy Adams and those types of people mm-hmm. were having success on college markets. And so I, uh, I was kind of like, Oh, let me, let me try that. Cause I go to college and let me try mm-hmm. and put some music out that feels like college music. And like, 
a lot of that music I still think is it's not that great. Mm-hmm. Like Sammy Adams had a lot of success because he like he knew how to make like hits, like right. pop hits, single hits. Um, but like I don't know, I just I, for me the songwriter I was never like that impressed by all this stuff, and so I just stood away from it mm-hmm. until senior year. I just tried to make a some songs that felt like they belonged in a part like a college party scene, and I ended up hitting a few blogs like Good Music All Day was a popular one back then, and um, and like then like at at Fordham people were playing it at parties and like I'd walk into the bar, be playing at the bar. So like that was my first time seeing like it have like any music I make have some sort of kind of connection with people and like spreading organically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I'm trying to think contradictions was probably the first song I put out that had like real numbers done on Spotify and, and like real success that, that felt like it was outside of that world. I just don't remember release like 2016 maybe. Um, yeah. I'd have to look it up, but contradiction. So I love, I love club music. I love like, I don't go to the club that much anymore mm-hmm. at least, but like I, uh, the club scene is like a lot of fun, like loud ass music, people vibe and people dancing. I love that. It's, it's just polar opposite of like the chill acoustic stuff that I grew up doing. But right. I, uh, I'm drawn, I'm drawn to it for sure. And so I've always tried to find ways to, to make that sound, but do it my own way. Mm-hmm. So it like made sense. Cause you know, I'm not, I'm not going to make like a full on club banger, like, like Drake or something. Cause it just wouldn't make sense. Um, yeah. So the song contradictions was like my first shot at that. And I, I had produced, I co-produced with my buddy, Chris, and mm-hmm. I had this, I had like produced the, the foundation of it and wrote it and I brought it to him. And we kind of, in about like a day, I think mapped it out pretty quickly and, and finished it pretty quickly. And we thought it was good. Didn't think much of it. And we put it out. And it had a lot of success via like Spotify playlists mm-hmm. and um, and some blogs like that, and uh, it just kind of happened organically. That was still a time when Spotify was was new, so there was a lot of opportunity for artists to you know build their foundation. Right. But again, it was one song, and I and like we live in a world where you need to have consistent content. I was still you know deciding like I was still figuring it out. I was still figuring the industry out, figuring out like my sound, and like it's a complicated thing to do and. And there's like, it's, it's a business at the end of the day. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you look at it like a business, the reality is like, you need to just start, you know, perfection's the enemy of profit in a way. So, yep. but at the same time, when you mix that with being creative, you, you draw a fine line because so many artists start and go down a path. And then what happens is they kind of pigeonhole themselves. And I was very fearful of that. Um, it's very hard to have longevity in, in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, like all those college artists that were big when we were in college, like again, Sammy Adams, those people, like their careers have pretty much uh, subsided. Um, yeah, and it's it's just it's because it's hard. It's a really difficult industry to navigate. And for me, I just think if you can make really really good songs, focus on songwriting, one way or another, you'll have a career because you can either write for other people or you'll be writing good songs for yourself. So I just consistently stayed focused on that. Um, okay. And, uh, and no matter what the sound is, but I try to do different things again. Like I just try to make music I like. So at the time that song contradictions being a clubbier vibe, I just wanted to make that. And it just kind of had organic success. And so when you see that success, you kind of like, all right, let me try and replicate this. Let me try and do it more. Um, yeah. cause you, you kind of, it kind of, it's exciting and it's, it's cool to see that people are listening to it. Right. Are you like, are you, I mean, I would be just watching the Spotify ticker. Like, are you just following the, the play <laughs> count? Like, is that, is that becoming an obsession? 
Um, I don't, no, not anymore. I definitely at first, cause you're like, wow, you check in like every day, like, wow, when I'm listening to streams, this streams, right. but not so much anymore. The game has changed so much in, in a matter of few years. Like Spotify is much more mature now as a market and yep. it's very dominated by major label artists. And like, you know, it's, it's like radio 2.0. Like a lot of people don't listen to radio anymore. They listen to Spotify cause you can choose your songs. Yeah. Um, like I don't, I really don't know why I didn't listen to the radio anymore. I turned the radio on the other day, and I was like, "What are we doing?" Like yeah. Music from like six months ago. Um, but I, it's I just know what it is now, and like it just it's much slower to get mm-hmm. music spread around on Spotify, and it's really all about playlisting now. So yeah, and as an independent artist, it's it's super difficult to get put on those like main playlists, like right. Music Friday or like whatever the lists are, but Spotify has as the main playlist. So the, the game becomes, you find these independent playlists that have big followings and, and you try, it's, it's like the, the new version of blogs almost. They just have followings those playlists and you try and get your music on there and, and Spotify is an algorithm based platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if your songs are doing well organically, the algorithm will pick that up and, and start circulating into their lower tier playlist. And, and from there, if the song is, you know, it's going to do well. It'll kind of just naturally pick up, but I don't, you know, I don't look at the numbers anymore day by day just because like, I know how long that could take. I just focus more um, on making music and I haven't released it in a while. Um, Mm. And it's more so because I've been kind of testing and figuring out how to go about it. But uh, um, by the end of this month, I'll finally start releasing music again. So it's funny that we're having this conversation because I really had, I released a song in the fall, but it was more just a test thing. That was an acoustic kind of, I called an acoustic song um, just to see how it would do. But I think the first song comes out on the 23rd and then starting with the Monday. So every Monday, the rest of the year, I'll be putting a song out. So 41 songs is the goal this year. Shit. Congrats. Um, And, and, (laughs) <laughs> thanks it's the, the first month and a half is is already lined up but i gotta get back in the studio and, and finish more songs so it'll be a it'll be a race but it um i think it's uh i think it'll be doable because i have a ton of songs in, the, in my catalog just need to be recorded so yeah that's i mean um, that's exciting and i don't know i mean i think i think you know this uh your superpowers is the is the intro song to this podcast yeah. I remember you said that's so funny. It's awesome. I remember you started asking. That's cool. I'm I'm happy you guys like it for an intro. It's, it's we awesome. get. I mean, not that there's a. I I don't have 350 thousand listens like your some of your Spotify hits, but we do get some. We've gotten some pretty good comments in terms of the the podcast uh, review section. Mm-hmm. Of uh, on the song on the intro. Oh yeah, like let's let's let's. I'm pulling, <laughs> I'm pulling this up right now. That's awesome. Love what the show yeah, is doing. I, really cool to see people living non-traditional lifestyle. Theme song is absolute heat. <laughs> Where is it? There's another. There's a couple good. really good ones. I'm telling you, people that's love the awesome. song. Good. That's a good intro. Then yeah. That so that song was one that I. Uh, it was a, a, a series of people I worked with. I wrote it and kind of had an idea production-wise. I started it with my friend Chris Kern in Connecticut, and then. Mm-hmm brought it to Franz Marinick in New York and Franz kind of helped, you know, bring the drums to life in a cool way. And then we had uh, a live horn player on it. The horns um, are, the, are my favorite then, part of the whole thing. The horns are dope. Yeah. I had, yeah. I wrote the horn, I wrote the chorus horn sections and the other guy, the horn player actually just wrote the intro himself on the spot. And a few oh, other parts. Awesome. So he's really talented. And then the bass, the live bass player, it's just an incredible bass player who works with like uh, common and most stuff, like real, real dope rappers, like OG rappers and, um, he's from, he's from Houston, Texas, went to high school with, uh, um, 
Solange, Beyonce Knowles' uh, younger sister. Wow. And uh, he just, he was, he came in in like in about an hour and just put down um, like five incredible bass lines. And it, I think the bass line helped make the song a lot. And it, that's, a, that's, the people like that song a lot. It's got a lot of cool dynamics. It's got synth, it's got live instruments. It's, uh, it's a cool song overall. Um, is, uh, but people are, is, tend to like that one. Is writing songs like picking a favorite kid? Like, do you have a, uh, have a favorite? Is there one that stands out? Um, I mean, the ones that are out, I've just heard so much. Like, I just don't, you know, I don't even listen to them anymore. Honestly, yeah. like, any of my own, I don't, I don't even listen to my own music on Spotify because <laughs> I've heard them so much. I, I hear, like, before a song gets put out, I hear it so much usually. And that's kind of why I'm excited about this year because I'm not really doing that so much. I'm more about just going in and making songs and as little as time as possible and just not even thinking about it and just putting it out and keeping it moving. Um, and so they're going to be very minimal compared to the past stuff. They're going to be like quote unquote acoustic with some production, mm-hmm. but I'm just more interested in putting songs out um, just because I want songs out there. Right. On a more regular basis. Like what is your, what is your like distribution, like strategy kind of thing? Like, like, you know, do you go to some of these pod or not podcast playlists that have a little bit of a following and like, message them be like hey i've got this song would love to you for you to feature it like how does that work with like do you have representation that's like pushing your songs like how does it work of like yeah. getting the your music out into the into the world it's it's actually become such a big like sub industry that like there are pr agencies that will do that and they have built networks of people who have um you know solidified playlists with followings and then you can also just go on the hunt yourself and, and look up independent playlists that are doing well and, and reach out. But typically yep. like you got to pay for that. So it's kind of a pay to play thing. Yeah. Um, my kind of focus with this stuff is that I, I work with a lot of different, like, I guess they're in Instagram influencers. These girls who have like solid followings of like a bunch of other girls are kind of like fashion girls and fashionistas. Yep. And uh, they all need music for their videos and stuff. And like, and so these girls have been asking for music. And so basically I'm just going to give them all my music to use for free and, and push it via Instagram and then do Spotify in the back end and, and organically do it. I, again, I'm more focused on just putting as much content out this year than I ever had before, just right. to kind of get the wheels going. Um, and just to show people that I write songs because I haven't really put music out consistently ever, which has been a problem. And so, you know, this will be the first time I do that and, and then hopefully build it up to the point where I can just go into studio and then create like full on produced songs that I, you know, spend a lot of time with and, and, and love, you know, genuinely love. Um, yeah. Not that I won't love these songs. I just, these are just more like, these are just songs, you know, I'm not really thinking much about them. Right. Those are probably the ones that you'll have one that pops for, you have no idea why, but people, People's yeah, I mean, right. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I, I'm not even again. I, I'm not going to count anything. I'm just going to write songs, put it out, songs that I like, and and hopefully they'll just spread. And I, I just feel like there's no one's really done that in the pop world to put a song out a week. Like it's become like people will listen to the song will come out on Spotify. Mm-hmm. People will listen to it for a few weeks and they move on. And because there's there's like thirty thousand songs that are released every day on Spotify. Like wow. new songs, it's just it's so much. It's, like as a listener, it's just so confusing and like, you don't know what to do and it's just so overwhelming. Um, but there's uh, a rapper named Russ, he's from New Jersey. And uh, he, he was the first to really kind of, con- he did the song a week campaign kind of thing, but he did it mm-hmm. via SoundCloud a few years ago. And that's what really kind of set him off is by the end of the year, he'd put so much music out that, um, 
it had just been circulating and like he kind of just popped off that way but no one's really done it in terms of like the song, singer songwriter pop world so i'm excited to see kind of what the response is and, and again it's so hard to break through because you're competing with major labels pushing their artists down everyone's right. throat via the spotify platform and then on top of it like everyone's attention is just so scattered across social platforms like how do you get anyone to care or pay attention to what you're doing and so for me my best bet is just put a shit ton of music out and hope mm -hmm. people just slowly find it and hopefully they like it we got to get you a hit on like background music on TikTok or something. Yeah. It's funny how everyone's flooding that. Cause that's again, old town road blew up on TikTok originally. Right. And uh, there's another song out called Roxanne by Arizona. Virago, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a big song right now. That was on TikTok and there's a couple others. I, I'm, I'm skeptical. I think it's great. Just maybe I'll put it on there. Cause it's like, it feels like the social media lottery TikTok. Yep. Like I don't, it's, complete chaos I think it makes so no sense that, like what pops or yeah. there's like no rhyme or reason to it no nah, there's no rules and so you may as well do it because it's free it's free to do but i yeah. i my thing is i think that everyone in the music industry is now aiming at that and i think it's just gonna like i don't think it's gonna have as much impact as it has in the past year right too. but i i still think of a song again it's random so it's free just put music on there and maybe yeah. your shit will take off so worth a shot so i i gotta ask you know over the past, you know, five, six years that you've been doing this, how does, how do you fund that? Like, you know, how do you one, like if you're working with a producer, are you paying them to help you produce? Um, and then two, like, how does, how are you making income on, on your music? Is it like selling the rights to certain things? Is it touring? Is it selling merch? Like, how do you kind of fund this lifestyle of like continuing to, uh, to make music? Yeah, it's a good question because the music industry is very difficult to make money in and, and most artists don't. Um, even artists you see touring and, and they appear to be doing well, like they kind of, they live or die by their tours, which is funny and, you know, funny enough, the whole coronavirus thing has thrown a real, real wrench into, I'm sure. into the touring world this, this year and like a lot of shows being canceled and festivals being canceled. It's going to really impact art, some artists like on the medium to lower end, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, but I'm not even there yet, so yeah. <laughs> I'm still worried about just funding my own stuff for now. But um, it's really just been uh, a lot of like just odd jobs. I've kind of managed to stay out of the, the real work for force forever. I've been essentially a broke artist for uh, my entire 20s, mm -hmm. um, just doing random work wherever I can and however I can. And uh, a lot of the producers that I work with, like I've just built relationships relationships with them where like they you know believe in what i'm doing so much like i don't i don't really have to pay them it's like we work together and it's, if i do well it's going to benefit them right um franz was someone he was like further along in his like career in general when i met him so like i would have to pay him for his sessions but again he was still not he wasn't charging me like full price and yeah. he wanted to work with me so he'd make it work but yeah i uh it's just been living kind of minimally and and figuring it out because i just and want to do it i like it so much and you just kind of get so much self-confidence along the way because you keep doing it and it keeps getting better you're like well i can't stop now i gotta keep figuring it out and um you know you just get used to living uncomfortably mm -hmm. and uh and adjusting along the way and, and adapting to whatever it is but it's like when I was in high school or like late high school and, and college, like I dabbled with bands and like I hated playing with bands because like there's multiple moving pieces and not everyone cares as much. And so right away I was like, all right, I'm done with that. It's, uh, it's going to be, I don't have to figure it out my own. Cause no one's going to care as much as I'm going to care. Um, and so that kind of helps 
remove a lot of problems that people run into right. uh, along the way. Um, and you really just look at it like you're running a business. How do you keep things, how do you keep costs down? But once music is on, and another reason why I'm doing the whole song a week thing is like, if you can get streaming to be self-sustaining, streaming money can be serious, even if you're not big, like, yeah. um, you know, I think 10, 10 million streams on Spotify, it's like give or take like $40,000, I think. Oh, wow. Um, so that's, you know, that's a, that's a, a low, low year's salary for the first 10 million streams. But, you know, if you can come, you know, compound that and, and do that over and over again and, and keep music growing and keep people coming back and keep people adding music to their playlist, like yeah. that can, that can grow and you build a foundation and, and streaming is forever. A lot of artists complain about streaming, the changes in like, they're not getting paid enough or streaming world, you know, that I don't get paid out that much. Like, because the golden age is albums, but I, I kind of think it's, it's awesome because, like, if you make a good song, like, you're gonna get paid on that for a long, long time because right. people are gonna keep streaming it. And, and so, I, I think it's a, it's a great, a great system for artists. It's just, it's really hard to get it to self sustain and, and last. Um, so, but yeah, I've, I've just worked a bunch of random jobs. I worked for Saturday Night Live for a while last year, which is really cool. Casual, um, yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was working like assistant location. So I'd just be hanging out in the sets and just doing whatever they need on, on set, which wasn't much, but um, yeah, that was funny. Pete Davidson was always high. That was cool. <laughs> um, I think what else I've done. I I mean, another thing that I've been going on, uh, I guess I should have mentioned this is, so like aside from uh, music, I do a lot of like uh, visual design stuff you know I was a visual arts minor in college and yep. graphic design and, and typography were my focus and so uh, two years ago 2018 yeah 2017 is when I designed it and 2018 is when it kind of picked up I designed this concept in the height of the Me Too movement it's called uh, uh, Women Are Undefeated and and uh, it's a design I did for a shirt because I was like I wanted to participate in the Me Too movement I just didn't want to wear a Me Too shirt like it didn't yep. make sense and so I was like trying to find a cool way and like I was you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to like streetwear and like right. fashion somewhat along the way. I'm not so, I'm not as deep in it as I am with music, but I think it's cool. And, and I, you know, I'm always paying attention. So I was trying to make something that I thought was cool that I could wear. So I made one sweatshirt designed like this typeface, really simple, straightforward, that like almost looked like something maybe Supreme might make. I don't know. Um, yeah. I just, again, I wanted something that I could wear. And, uh, and then this brand outdoor voices, they're like, uh, almost like a baby yeah, yeah, lemon. Um, they had reached out via Instagram asking about the shirt. Um, and they're like, how do we buy, you know, 500 of these shirts? And I was like, I got one. Um, <laughs> I wasn't planning on selling them. And then from there, that was in 2018. And from there, uh, I kind of like explored like building it out and just diving into the fashion retail space mm-hmm. uh, unexpectedly. And so I've kind of been building that brand out. Um, and so it's become like this platform where uh, I'll work with different girls. They'll design a piece. They'll run a campaign. Um, you know, they'll take a portion of the profits, what they sell, a portion goes to the company, and then a portion will go to charity, uh, focus on women empowerment. And cool. so it's really like this whole movement that's kind of been building over the past year and a half. And uh, that's something that's kind of taken a lot of my folks in attention away. But it's it's oddly enough, it's like helped the music because it's, I've been able to meet all these different girls who have yeah. platforms and, and like my music and are willing to share my music. So it's it's kind of like paying for the marketing it's with itself. Right, so I'm excited to put music out bit. because, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to put music out and see, you know, how that works out because, you know, they're all willing to 
push the music typically people have to pay for that and so because i'm already working with them and, and built relationships with them um it's kind of hopefully it's going to work out on its own so it's interesting because i never thought I'd, I'd be in that space or be building a brand kind of like that but i think it's cool it's, it's you know it's been an eye-opening experience you know i i've been introduced to a lot of different you know women in the retail space and fashion space and I've been in and out of modeling agencies like I'm Zoolander and some shit. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I'm walking around just like, just kind of going with it, having fun, just trying to like focus on the creative aspect of it. Um, yeah. But that's, uh, that's just on the side, it's been slowly growing. Um, so that's something that I've kind of, that's had my attention the past year and a half or so. That's amazing. And is, is outdoor voices like still, they still like sell, are you selling shirts to them? Like how does that? So your- we didn't, I, we didn't actually end up selling to them. It was like a, they were interested. They were opening like a. They were at the time were opening a lot of brick and mortars, and they were like doing a a, a grand opening in D.C. and they wanted to like do some special thing. Um, yep. It didn't work out, unfortunately. But um, I I know a person who was like kind of the intern GM at the company for a while, and uh, she's no no longer there. But I you know she had given me a lot of advice along the way, and, and through her I met people, and I just got a lot of different advice from from girls that were in the space trying to figure it out, and like it was very encouraging because I was I felt weird. I'm like I'm a I'm a guy and I'm building a right. brand that's making money. It's giving to charity. I'm like it just feels weird. But they're all every single girl I spoke to was like excited about it and encouraging about it. And kept telling me like build it, build it because I was like I wasn't sure I wanted to make a brand. Yeah. Um, but I kind of just it kind of just slowly happened naturally, and and uh, and now it's now it's just a thing. But yeah, I don't. Ov actually has their own problems right now. Um, yeah, Tyler Hanny, the CEO, just just got four. Like, kind of, she had to like step down from CEO or something. I don't know. Unfortunately, because she's she's awesome. Yeah, I just saw that that happened what earlier this week or something. I think New York Times wrote an article about it. Yeah, it's uh, that is uh, that is wild. Yeah. So we yeah. I, so the relationship with them was wasn't like anything in depth. It was early on. There was interest in, and uh, the person I knew was super super helpful, in guiding me. Um, and then encouraging me too, because like I was still like skeptical and, but like gave me the boost to just do it. And then, and from there, just kind of been figuring it out myself and all these really dope ass girls have been helping me and designing stuff. And, and, uh, it, it's been, it's been cool. That's a, that's a pretty sweet little side hustle. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not bad, especially cause it's selfishly, it's going to be helping the music. So it's, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for hopping on. This was, uh, this was great. I I learned a lot. This was you're, what you're up to is pretty amazing. I think uh, I think you're onto something. <laughs> we'll find out. It'll be a long year, but I'm I'm excited, and uh, maybe we can re- reconvene at the end of the year and see what happens. Yeah, we'll we'll do a ch- ch- check back in when uh, you're topping the charts. <laughs> for sure. For sure. is a wrap another week in the books on destination different first of all a massive thank you to nick for joining the show here today but more important i mean thank you just to start off the top for gifting me uh your amazing hit uh superpowers which is the music track for the intro and the outro of this song i mean of this podcast excuse me you know, I if you go through the the iTunes reviews of the show, you'll see that right up at the top of the list, there are a number of comments uh, saying 
this song is fire, this podcast sucks, but the song is great, I hate the host, but man, that song slaps, just comment after comment about the song, so maybe we just cut out the middleman and just get rid of that and just play the song, um, but again, in all seriousness, huge thank you to Nick, uh, his life and his career trajectory has been fascinating, and uh, as he as he mentioned at the end of the show, he is, you know, soon to be launching a project that will take him through all of 2020, uh, releasing 41 different songs every Monday for the duration of the year. Uh, So be sure to give him a follow on Spotify. Uh, That seems to be the best place that you can find him on his artist page. It's Checo on Spotify, and we'll link it up here in the description as well. So again, huge thank you to Nick for joining the show. Uh, And then, of course, thank you to you guys uh, for listening and you know, staying on my ass that I missed one week and he jumped down my throat saying, where's the episode? Where's the episode? We've got an episode. We've got some great guests lined up, uh, finally getting some people back on the books and on the schedule. Um, I think we're, we're hitting our stride with, again, continuing to just find unique, interesting perspectives and people that are following career paths and side hustles and uh, projects that are very different and very unique. And I, I truly mean it when I talk to, you know, you talk to each one of these people and every one of them is just so fascinating and interesting to take a peek into their lives in these industries that I know absolutely nothing about. So we've got a big lineup coming up in the next couple of weeks. As I always say, uh, any guests that you might have that you think would be a, a good fit for the show or it would be interesting to talk to by all means, send them my way. Uh, keep leaving the reviews on the on the iTunes page. It does help people find the show. And so with that, we will see you next Wednesday right back here. I promise I won't be leaving you hanging again with another episode of Destination Different. Stay weird. in love for just a couple hours I can't tell the difference between what's fake and what's been missing often I'm misunderstood so I'm looking for a better me this is your love song baby